When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well met fellow adventurers, so it is time to finally get the seventh fragment of that wand and then figure out how to put it together. So first I've got to go got to go to South Seventisa to the Vault of the Iron Dragon. Yes, there's a certain dragon to meet. Uh, yeah, fortunately, fortunately, or unfortunately, if you, the, the statues at least, stay smashed. <laughs> but, oh, well, up to the top of the dungeon, to meet to meet the iron statue. At the centre of the cavernous stone chamber stands a life-sized iron statue of Durin Null. You marvel at the workmanship and labour that obviously went into creating the piece, for you're certain the imposing piece serves a far more purpose far more sinister than that of a tribute to, a, to the fallen dragon. Mm. What a bit. Would have been, let's say it takes hours. I'm going to assume that no one knows how to cast. No, knows how to make cast iron yet. Because that, that's a pretty advanced technology that wasn't available really into post-medieval times. So that means every single bit of iron would have had to be made from have to would have to been come from blooms, which means they have to be hammered. But a million blooms of iron. <laughs> that I took an entire fucking that took an entire city of goblins. Yes, as you stand gazing upon the statue of the long departed dragon lord. You begin to think that the frozen, lifeless eyes of the iron sculpture are following your every move. Okay, approach the statue. As you step towards the iron, large iron statue, a loud, roaring echo suddenly fills the chamber. A pale blue glow envelops the massive statue, and out of its gaping, fang-filled maw spills the terrifying, shimmering apparition of the fearsome dust dragon. The ghostly dragon assumes lifelike size as it soars into the air above the statue, stretching wide its phantasmal wings, hovering above the iron statue and slowly beating its broad, talon-tipped wings is the spirit of New Nol, preserved through the centuries in this shadowy tomb by powerful goblin magic. The spirit of the ancient dragon, 
dragon grumbles something barely audible in the ancient tongue of his kin, then draws back his long scaly neck as if he's preparing to attack. Engage him. You hold your ground and bravely engage the spirit of the long dead dragon lord. Durinol stretches wide his fang-filled jaws and unleashes a deafening roar that shakes the chamber as he roars forward on his whipping phantasmal wings and attacks. It's the spirit of Durinol. The ghastly dragon spirit roars as it swipes out at you with its mist-enveloped claws. Alright, I'm just going to keep bashing, keep bashing. Even though it is a dragon lord, it is still a 3 plus roll for me, so I'm just going to keep hitting it aggressively. The spirit, during all wars, as a phantasmal dragon unleashes a powerful breath of fire. You've been struck and stunned by the dragon's deadly breath of fire and will be unable to act during the next round. I also lose 33 stamina points. Yep, can't do anything in this round. Right, back at it. Ooh, you feel your skin begin to harden. 15 damage. Yes, ooh, hardening once more. 8 damage. Oh dear, it's going to... If it succeeds, it's just going to put me in one of those alcoves, isn't it? To fight the next person. Yeah. Ooh, skin hardens. Ooh, two skin hardenings in a row for 17, then 14 damage. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. It's the dragon breath. I'm stunned, and I do 40 damage. Okay. It's now, I'm getting close to, close to the edge. And of you. Okay, I'm, I'm healing myself. Skin hardens. Okay, there, I've healed enough that I have have some safety now. Back to bashing. Skin hardens for 15 damage. 34. 34 damage. 13 damage from dragon fire. Ooh. Oh. Oh, I've been sunned by dragon fire for 26 damage. Oh. Ah, 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 it killed me. After all that, it killed me, and I was so close. Okay. Alright. Alright. I'm just going to pause it until I actually do kill it. Okay, he, he's slain now. And that, the previous death, never happened. You have slain your foe. I had a lot of help from battle ranges in that one. 74 experience points. A thunderous roar shakes the cavernous chamber as the shimmering apparition of Durin Null glows brightly for several moments and then abruptly disappears. No sooner has the dragon spirit vanished, vanished a strange sensation washes over you. Sensation passes swiftly, leaving you breathless and somewhat disorientated. 
384 experience to general, 128 to all skills and powers. And I got that for each of the seven times I defeated it. And each time, it got a little bit stronger. You make a thorough search of the large chamber. Discover nothing of any particular power. Confident you haven't overlooked anything. You're about to make your way back along the passage to the south. When you suddenly spot a faint blue glow on the ground near the iron dragon statue's, statue's white front foot. Stepping closer to the glow, you're surprised to find out then it makes from a sore fragment of what appears to be an iron wand. You immediately pick up the curious object. It's a glowing wand fragment. Well, that's just... A faint glue glow animates from this iron wand fragment. After studying the glowing wand fragment for several moments, you turn to exit the chamber, only to find yourself confronted by a ghastly sight. You stare in disbelief at the ghostly images of the band of brave adventurers who so long ago defeated Joe Null, now standing beneath the tall arch leading into the chamber. Weasley recognised his figures to be identical to the iron statues you encountered and defeated in the alcoves that line the main passage of the tomb. One of the glowing apparitions, that of a young woman holding a shimmering orbs, stepped steps forward and bows. She then she then raises her face and smiles as she addresses you in a faint but melodonic voice. We now possess all seven pieces of the wonder dragonfire, she says. You must now discover the means to reassemble it. When it is again whole, you must return here and use it to ever vanquish the spirit of Dewey Knoll from this world. We attempt to engage the ghostly figure of the woman in, in conversation, as there are several questions you wish to pose to her. But before you can utter a word, she and the others begin to rapidly fade from view. For a matter of moments, the spectral figures have completely vanished, leaving you alone before the towering iron statue of the great dusk dragon. With no desire to linger here, you take a final look around the cavernous chamber, before heading back through the arch to the south. Okay, where do I... Okay, who do I take these one pieces to? Find the stairs and exit the vault. Alright, I'm going... Well, I'll go back to Twithic and report this to the guy who's... Who told me where the vault was? West first. Uh, explore the city. Blade Square. Uh, no, he's not there this time. Explore the city. Blade Square. Uh, maybe one more time. Explore the city. Blade Square. Buildings that flank it. Move elsewhere. Yeah, maybe the Adventurers Guild. You move up to the green door and nap on it loudly. Seconds later, the sound of latches being undone can be heard from the other side. When the final latch has been unfastened, the door swings slowly inward, revealing a small, dim interior lit by the flickering light of a fire. The door promptly closes behind you, and a bent, hooded figure quickly sets about refashioning the many latches that hold it fast.
Nice to see you again, Zoop, says Royal, as the two of you proceed into the common room of the last known standing, fully operational guild hall of the Adventurer Collective. Alright, visit the Guildmaster. The Guildmaster of the Adventurer's Collective is a tall, shadowy, imposing figure. A dark hood covers his head, showering his, shadowing his face. A long sword dangles from the right side of his belt, and on his left hands a small hand axe. He rises from behind a wooden table, where he's been studying an open leather-bound tome, and greets you with a curt nod. An interesting collection of pieces you have there, says the guildmaster, stepping forward and holding out his hand. May I see one of them? Before you can fight fathom what he's talking about, one of your glowing wand fragments floats out from amongst your possessions, and soars across the womb to his outstretched hands. The guildmaster examines the glowing wand fragment for a few moments, then steps forward and hands the piece back to you. Strange timing indeed that you should arrive on my doorstep at this hour, he says, stepping back towards the table. Barely a week ago, my, my eyes upon the outside world were laid to me that a merchant or trader from Talonus has come into possession of one of the objects I've been searched for for decades. The map to the lair of Zanzuin. You ask the guildmaster what connection there is between the wild fragments and the map we just mentioned. The fragments you possess are pieces of the Wand of Dragonfire, he says. An artifact of immense power, once wielded by the great Philidonese knight, Zadzuin. Legends say that within Zadzuin's final resting place, in the lair where he cowered, bent into a creature of vile savagery, there is to be found the means to make the wand whole. Zadzuin has a link. Once the greatest knight in the kingdom of Flauduin, the mighty and beloved Zadzuin fell victim to the vicious curse of a vengeful dragon, the mighty Jirid Noll. The curse slowly and painfully took its toll on the mighty wire, changed him from a grand and revered figure in the kingdom to a bent, withered and hateful creature. Zadzuin was set out to slay Jirid Noll, using a powerful artifact that had recently come into, possess into his possession. The Wand of Dragonfire. According to legend, it was the Wand of Dragonfire that was used by the band of brave adventurers who eventually defeated the Wicked Dragon Lord. The Wand is believed to have been shattered by Durinor's followers following his untimely demise, and it remains hidden away in his secret tomb. Zatuin fled and hid himself in the wilds following the onset of the curse. Many accounts tell of him spending his remaining years in the forests of Western Tysa, hidden away from the realm of man and the world he once fearlessly defended, the very world that now shunned and despised him. The hidden lair of Zadzuin, where the cursed, fallen knight spent the remainder of his life, has long been a matter of speculation, though it is commonly believed that its construction was facilitated by a powerful sorcerer who remained his loyal friend to the end of his day. Also part of Zadzuin's nation is the notion that within his hidden lair lies the means by which to reconstruct the Wand of Dragonfire. 
Yeah. You asked the guild master if he hopes to possess the one yourself. He promptly shakes his says, My only interest is to be found by the white hand, he says, and with the discovery of the map and your recovery of the one seven parts, and seeing the old legends are about to be put to a sudden test. I will make some inquiries and determine the location of the trader who possessed the match. Map, return here tomorrow. Thank you, Sue. Be certain to keep those pieces safe. The following day, once again, finds you standing before the guild master of the Adventure Collective, the shadowy, imposing figure, his dark hood concealing his face, thanks you for returning, and tells you his agents tracked the trader who possessed the map and caught up with him in South Trod Glen. Deal was struck with him, he said. He is to await your arrival, the goblin clawed in. Give him 10,000 of your gold for the map. His name is Lomotube, and I would suggest you be on your guard in his presence. He has a reputation for deceit and foul play, if half of what I've heard about him is true. Guildmaster tells you he wishes the guild could afford to give you the gold, not the traders requested, but their reserves of wealth have diminished over the past few years. 10,000 gold, however is a small enough price to pay for the chance of exploring Zazuin's lair and quite possibly restoring the Wonder Dragonfire. Only that, only ask, ask that should the one be made whole, whole again, you allow me to see it. Just once. You thank the Guildmaster for the information and tell him that you will set out at once for the Goblin Chlorine. He wishes you luck. Congratulations you on having collected the seven pieces of the wand. It's a truly fearsome weapon, he says, as he prepares to depart. And should it come to pass that you're able to re reassemble it, you can think of no one more worthy of wielding it. With that, you take your leave of the Guildmaster and prepare for the journey to South Trod Glen, where you hope you will find a trader known as Norwood still waiting. To embark on this adventure, travelling to the Goblin Clawed Inn, in the south, in, in South Australia, in the hard hills of South Antosia, look for the blood of Zadwin under the adventures available in that location. Okay, there we are. The adventure is now unlocked. All right, leave the guild hall, move to the city gates, travel southwest, Southward Glen. The Goblin Cloin, where we have previously had adventures. We restored the shield, we found Mamadico, and we investigated the Altar of Malice. Yeah. And maybe other things. Alright, Common Womb. You sit at the table in front of the fireplace, basking in the flickering glow of its warring blaze, as your eyes wander the common room crowd. An inn servant moves past and places a frothing wagon with a little house hail in front of you. Compliments of Gritsmill. You suddenly spot a tall, clay-clad man seated alone in the table, not far from the hearth. Takes you less than a moment to realise the long-haired, unshaven man whose bowel-shy's chest and thick arms serve to hint at the immense physical strength 
is none other than Firebrand, an adventurer whose list of accomplished just knows few peers, save one notable exception, Firebrand. Firebrand. Cedarbrand Spain is the most famous and accomplished adventurer of the current age. The mighty and self-righteous Firebrand boasts a long and illustrious list of deeds. While it hasn't been substantiated, there has long been a rumour floating around what that fine back was considered for Thane's ship by King Reynold upon the death of Thane Herzak. But he was passed over in favour of a man known to all as Thane Porrent. Of late, Trelek has become a somewhat common fixture at the Goblin Claw Inn. Yes. Yeah, I can talk to him, but that that's another adventure, so... On with the blood of Zadzuin. One wintry night, the Goblin Claw Inn. Next, there's other adventures here too. The Blood Cold, Lift the Box, and the Ashen Faces. I think maybe I'll do one of them next. Start the adventure. The Blood of Zadzuin. Early, early one winter night. Quite a few years from now, in the familiar corner of the kingdom, the balladeer reached down and placed the worn lute next to the leg of his chair and sighed. The crowd at this time of year, and this time of night, in the common room of the Goblin Claw, was notoriously thin. On a particular evening, it seemed especially so. The grey-bearded man hailing from Terrific scanned the faces of the few who had faithfully gathered to hear epic tales of goblins in the snowy passes of the Fedrim, or, or timeless yarns about Seer and his magical sword, Moonstorm. He suddenly wondered why he bothered coming here at all. The trip south from the Witherport was neither easy nor pleasant and the rewards he received from his fantastical tail-spinning have long been on the decline. Perhaps he had grown, or perhaps he has grown to believe. The magic he had told, told had been recited so often that he had lost the magic, that each stories that he had, he had told had been recited so often that he had lost the magic that each of their carefully chosen words had once so wedgily conjured. The bard was a practical man, above all else, however, and he knew that it was not the stories themselves that were to blame. He was old, older than his own father had been when the winter claimed him thirty years ago. He was tired. He knew that those who still politely tuned an ear to his age-worn tales did it largely out of respect, perhaps simply out of habit. He knew the truth and it served to give him pause. Apart from those who lingered about the inn both night and day, and, and who had in their hearts reserved a cherished place for his waning craft, no one had come to hear the tired, tired tales of a tired old man. Pardon me, Master Tongrave. A sharp tug at the cuff of his sleeve drew the balladeer's wandering glaze from the blades just beyond the hearth to the figure of a young boy standing to the left of the chair. Could we have, have the one about soup? My brother's never done it, heard it. And I can't and I can't do it justice. An even younger lad sat cross legged on the floor or oh, a few feet away. 
The boy who poised, who posed in inquiry, shifted uneasily, and already the bard realised he had taken too long to answer. You may have any tale that suits your liking, he said at last, smiling warmly, as he recalled the charm he was still capable of relieving. But my fine young man, if it's a tale about Zoop you're after, I'm afraid I'll need a bit more to go on. Numerous indeed are the stories that speak of his adventures. Is it the halls of the Wolf King? Is, is it the one about the Elder Throne, is it? About the one where he becomes the... No. I don't think that's it. The young, the young boy smiled bashfully and blushed, shaking his head before turning away to share a smirk with this wanton thing. Wait a bit. Seem to recall a young man here about your age asking me for just one such tale last winter, he said, his smile broadling. Wouldn't happen to be the one about the wand of dragonfire, or would it? Ah, yes, I think that might be a fitting thing for so cold a night, as it was in the dead of a fitful northern Tosian winter that particular... In the dead of a fitful northern Tosian winter that they... That this particular account begins. In fact, young master, though I doubt, I doubt, you know, at least you've forgotten it, this, that this tale begins here, this very inn, this very womb, beneath these very timbers, in a season as bitter and terrible as the one which now besets us, before the glow of the same fireplace that no doubt cast its warmth on our brave adventurer. Some long years ago, the balladeer smiled, and for the first time since stepping out of his door in Twithick several weeks ago, he was able to remember what it was, just that would always renew his spirit, and forever endear his craps to his heart. Two or two hundred, the number was not important, a king's court or the dim fire-lit common room of a wangshackle taggant. The setting was an afterthought. Epic sagas of mythical creatures and the undaunted heroes who pursued them, or the half-remembered accounts of nameless adventurers, lost him some lonely, wild look. The stories themselves were but a small dear. Small details. What matters, matters most was that there were tales to be told, and ears eager to receive them, to taking a deep breath, the bard reached down and again took up his lute. Tonight, he would give them a tale to remember. Fifteen seconds ago, in the common room of the Goblin Claw Inn, the man you've come here seeking isn't difficult to spot. Seated at the farthest table from the fire, clad in at least two layers of unblemished furs, with his back pressed firmly against the wall, the watound, black, bearded trader, trader salutes you with a quick wave. He motions for you to join him at the table and quickly calls for two A's. I was told you. I, I was told you'll be prompt. Says now I can tell your clone. See, it looks like a well deserving of your reputation. I must say, more than I've heard, you're much the way I imagined you'd be. I'm sure whether that last bit was meant as a compliment or a snide jab. You ignore it and ask him if he's brought the map. He nods, but makes, makes no attempt to produce any evidence of the claim. 
nails a wife, and he quickly empties his flagon. I, I know, you know the price for that, he says, leaning forward and lowering his voice. But I'm a man who's willing to negotiate. There's a small favour you might be able to do, to do for me in exchange for it. Unless you're quite at ease with parting with your gold. Let's hear what Norwalk is proposing. The shifty trader, his eyes dart into all corners of the room in rapid succession, leans forward and whispers. There's a man just across the way here, Doto, who carries in his pack an item I've been suing for more months than I care to admit, says Norwalk. I could not... I've no doubt you might have heard his name before. If you could retrieve the object for me, I'll be willing willing to give you the map. You ask him what the item is, he turns. It's a set of coins like this one, says the trader, reaching into his shirt and removing a crudely hammered copper coin that dangles from a thin chain. There's five of them in a black pouch in his bag. They're of no use to him. And to refuse the offers I've made by a few made by a few others on my half. However, Soup, I'm the man I'm a man who does not easily relent. Nomok signals that it's safe for you to turn and look at the man in question. The gaze falls upon a rugged, unshaven man seated on the far side of the room. Your pulse quickens as you come to a startling realization. The ragged, unshaven man, clad in a green tunic and leather vests with a pair of small axes tapped to his, to his hard leggings. Beyond any doubt, the recently famous adventurer, Tungengar, Tungengar, Tungengar. Over the past several years, particularly the last few months, the bold woodsman and adventurer known only as Tungengar has risen to a near-legendary status. That is due to a series of brazen exploits across the kingdom of Tosa. Most recently, Turingar has been credited with running off a band of ogres responsible for attacking settlements on the kingdom's western frontier. Okay. The exploits of this woodman and woodsman and warrior have made him something of a legend in certain regions of the kingdom. However, his fierce, te- fierce temper that has earned him the reputation as someone who is not to be trusted. Quite a fiery streak runs through that one, says Nomok. Are you closely? I don't suppose the likes of him gives you any cause for worry. Though I don't I don't care what care what mean to use either. I'll swap the map for those coins he's carrying, and we'll call our business at an end. Agree to his proposal and attempt to retrieve the coins. Or I can decline the proposal and stick to the original agreement. Okay, I'll try to get the coins. Figuring that we're leaving Turingar the pouch of coins that supposedly sits in his pack will be a relatively simple matter. Despite the adventurous steely reputation, he agreed to Nark's bold proposal and immediately begin to construe how which is you will achieve that end. The trader seems thrilled that you've agreed to it. And when Torgar rises from his chair and strolls out of the inn, presumably turns to a call of nature, Nomok grins and stabs his finger towards the door. Now's the chance, he whispers. I'll be right here, my friend. Paying little attention to what he has to say, you glance cautiously around the common room before rising 
and making your way outside to find the lone adventurer. You step out of the inn and are greeted by a strong blast of frigid wings, carrying swirling bellows of soft white snow. The storm that assailed you as you made your way into self-trog then has resumed with renewed intensity in the face of the biting cold. Your first instinct is to, is to retreat back into the nosy warmth of the inn, but that force quickly aways as your eyes fall upon Turungar, standing alone at the end of a path leading down to the road. The adventurer appears to be gazing up at the sky, seeming oblivious, or at least tolerant, of the deadly chill now settling upon everything in sight. Realise now is your best and likely only opportunity to obtain what you seek from Turingar. So, I can attempt to bargain for the coins. I can just take them. Or I can go, ah, actually, I'll, I'll just buy the map. Just buy the map. Don't want to deal with this. It's cold. It's cold here. I don't want to spend any time out here. It's cold. I want to, I want to be inside. It's warm. You know, until I go outside to go to wherever this map leads. But uh, I'm going to attempt to bargain for the coins. As you approach Turingar, he stands gazing into the snow-filled sky at the end of the path. The master of adventure spins to face you, his right hand tight to the hilt of his sword. Just as he's about to draw the weapon, a puzzled look, look passes over his face. You're not one of Nomwok's wafts, he says. Figure by action, but one must remain on, on his gut. His garb was shrine like normal in the vicinity. He introduces himself, and you do the same. The mention of your name, Torungar's eyes widen and open wide. In order to meet you at last, he says. But often wonders if it's sometime I'll find you here at the old inn. Wasting no time, you explain the current situation to Torungar, at least as much of it as he needs to know, and ask if he would be willing to, willing to trade you the coins. He seems somewhat taken aback by your knowledge that he possesses the coins, but also a bit put off by your knowledge, by your involvement with Norwalk. Suppose I might consider it, he says last, only because it's Yuzu. I would warn, however, that the man you're dealing with is not to be trusted. No one is of any use to that man once they've served their intended purpose. Tell him to go officer to trade the pouch in question for 5,000 gold. 5,000 less than originally, they would cost you to acquire the map. Acquire the map from Norwalk as originally intended. So I can use diplomacy and haggle down the price. I can just pay the 5,000 gold. Politely refuse the offer and return to the inn. Because some, sometimes people just like spending more money. <laughs> Or I could attempt to take the coins by force, but honestly, that that just seems like that seems like a quite rude, really. All right, I'm going to try diplomacy. It succeeded after a brief but highly successful bout of haggling with Tonga. You managed to convince him to bout. To part with his pouch of coins for only three thousand gold. 
So I can pay the 3,000 gold, taken by force, or just go back to the inn. Okay, I'll pay the 3,000 gold. We pay Torengarda 3,000 gold and removes a small black leather pouch from his leather pack and hands it to you. You loosen the top of the pouch and peer inside the five copper coins nestled snugly within. Pouch of copper coins. This small black pouch contains five crudely hammered copper coins. Noak the trader asks you to retrieve this item from the famous adventurer Tungendar in exchange for the map to Zadzuin's lair. You thank Tarangar for the coins, and he tells you that he's happy to part with them, as he's found little use for them. He asks if he knows anything about their significance, and he said that he acquired them at Oga's lair near Chana about a year ago. You say Nomok wants them, he says. You best take care of dealing with, dealing with his, his elk soup, though I don't believe I need to caution you about such things. I wish you well on the road ahead. You return to the, you turn the genuine sediment, before turning and heading back into the inn. You return you return to the table as met with a broad and somewhat sinister grin from the shifty trader. No no more studies you carefully with his searching glaze, as if trying to determine the success or failure of your task without having to ask. You suddenly realise you would likely nev never know whether or not you actually obtained the coins from Turangar. So, yes, you can just keep the coins. They don't do anything. They just, you just, if you just like having items just existing and having things, you, you know, just collecting everything, you could keep the coins. That. I'm pretty sure they have no other use. Yeah, if there is any use for that, there, no one's found it. And honestly, I don't think they're going to do anything with it. Because if they do anything with it, everyone who didn't keep the, everyone who didn't keep the coins is going to feel to feel they've been. Feel they've been had something stolen from them. Yeah, so alright. So I'll just keep your bargain and show him the coins. Numuk's eyes widen perceptibly when you produce the small black pouch and lay it down on the table. He reaches for it almost at once, but your hand comes to rest on the object. Silently stingled, you have no intention of giving up until the trader has fulfilled his part of the bargain. Open it up, if you please, he says, keeping his eyes on the pouch. You loosen the top of the small bag and display the copper coins within it. A fine job of it, he says, grinning. Norbert holds up his white hand and he turns to see a tall man in a brown cloak moving up to the cable. The man arrives at your side and turns to regard you with a nod, revealing a middle-aged, bearded face. The newcomer turns and nods at Norwalk before depositing a leather stroll case onto the table. Then, without having said a word, the stranger turns and leaves, striding directly out of the inn's front door. Mm. 
Okay, that that's actually probably prudent to keep to keep the item with someone else who only you know who it is. That way, you can't just be you can't just have it stop. I have to pay to to actually know where it is. <laughs> and if I just beat him up to take it, I wouldn't get anywhere. Numak reaches out and takes hold of the pouch, grinning wildly as he peers in at its contents. Hmm. Well, I don't know what he's planning to do with them. Maybe he's just... Maybe he's just a... an avid numisticist. And those are some really old, really rare coins. Coins, which, which will make him the talk of the, to of the coin-collecting... Clubs that he goes to. Oh, oh! Did you see? This is a. This is a thirteen o. This is a thirteen o seven florin with, with with the slight imperfection on the on the third on the third piece of nose stubble. <gasps> really? That one? There was only about a th only a hundred of them were ever casted. Oh, blimey! That is such a find. Uh, yes, indeed, indeed it is, or something like that. Numic watches you closely as you take possession of the scroll case and open it. You withdraw a yellowed, furled piece of, of wagged paper and carefully examine it. The markings on the ancient map are faint, but you are certain this is indeed the item the guildmaster described from which will lead you to the long-hidden lair of Zatsuin. You note that the mark on the map is in the midst of a broad section of forest on the southern edge of Fainvale in southern Tosia. It's the map to Zudrin's lair. Let's have a look at it. This is a tattered, yellowed map you attain from Tom Notwick, the trader in the Goblin Claw Inn. The map details the location deep in the southern forest of Thainfell. A star-shaped mark in the middle of the bog indicates the location of Sadsuin's long-hidden lair. Everything is in order, I take it, says Sadsuin, leering as you from beneath his heavily furrowed brow. Well then, our business can be considered concluded. You may send your regards to our mutual friend in Trithic, and I tell Ellen it is my opinion she get out into the world a bit more than has been his habit. The trader rises from the table and bows before turning and heading towards the door. You watch and depart and are surprised to see five men in various locations throughout the common room falling behind him as he makes his way out into the snowy night. Ooh. Yeah, it's a good, good thing I didn't pick a fight with him then. Because they'd have to fight five guys, and they're probably very skilled guys. Of course, they lose, but yeah, you know, it would be very unheroic. You spend a mostly sleepless nights in your un uncomfortable private room on the second floor of the inn. You half your half remembered dreams and weary thoughts are plagued with thoughts of the journey that lies ahead and what you might expect to find upon reaching the long-hidden lair of the legendary Zadzuin. As the first light of a bleak, frigid dawn falls across the warped planks of the floor, 
reluctantly wise and begin wise and descending into the common womb, eager to to attack a steaming mug of payload and begin the long trek to Fainvale. The trek from South Grove Glen to Fainvale takes longer than you could have ever anticipated. Inclement winter weather, coupled with the usual hazards of travel through the wider regions of the kingdom, bandits, goblins, a pair of half-starved orbs serve to slow, but not stall your progress. At last, having lost count of the of the days since departing from the doorstep of the Goblin Claw Inn, you find yourself drawing to within the final mile of the final mile of the mark on the map. You hope indicates the location of Zazuin's long hidden lair. The thick, the thick stretch of forest to which you've trekked since leaving the main road that cuts through Fangvale begins to gradually thin out. As it nears an air of stony hills, it is there, the base of a towering slope, to a remote, desolate corner of the Valley of the Thanes, that you hope to find the lair of Zanzuin. Right, there's a link here, Thanevale. Thanevale is a relatively new name given to the large valley, located in the, in the nook. In a nook of the Federal Wains, the area was named in honour of Tyson's five Thanes. The Tyson monarchy has commissioned a large statue to be built of each new thane that is appointed. The statues are then placed at random locations within the vale. The largest of these structures is over 20 feet tall. Hmm. How quick is the turnaround for thanes, though? Because I assume it can vary. Because the the king can appoint and unappoint things whenever. So presumably if there was some a conspiracy or just a king a king that just can't quite find the right people, then you might get might get through Thanes at quite a lick. Or sometimes someone could stay a Thane for decades. Yeah. Set into into the space of the steep rocky hill in front of you, nearly ten feet in diameter, is a massive stone disc. A thick layer of moss, dirt, and grime covers the disc, which you immediately realise must be the portal that seals off Zazarin's final haunt. To step forward and begin examining the disc. It began to wonder how you might attempt it to effect its opening, when suddenly all seven of the wrong fragments in your possession begin to glow brightly. With all seven pieces of the, with all seven of pieces of the wonder, wonder dragonfire flaring brightly, you step back just as a loud grating noise fills the air. A powerful tremor runs through the ground beneath your feet causing you to stumble several steps to the right in a desperate bid to retain your balance, leaning up against the trunk of a sturdy ash. You watch as the large stone disc slowly begins to spin, while simultaneously withdrawing into the earth to your left. After nearly three minutes, the disc has com- disappeared completely, leaving only a massive dark hole in the base of the slope. You cautiously approach the opening and peer into the gloom, 
A broad passage of moss-covered stone extends out of sight to darkness beyond where the stone disk rested only moments ago, without reservation, with your every sense alert for the first sign of danger, you move forward into the shadows. The moments you step into the gloom-filled passages, beyond the spot where a stone disk, stone disk stood, a violent shimmer shakes the corridor, knocking you off your feet. As you struggle to get up, you watch with horror as the stone disk which swiftly spins back into place behind you, casting you into complete darkness and sealing you into this forgotten lair. As your light source flares to lice, revealing once again the mossy passage that had that, that you were glimpsed for only a moment previously, your mind begins to churn with a host of nightmarish thoughts. Foremost among these thoughts is sincere help that you haven't just stepped into. Your own tomb. Dun, 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 dun. Ah, yeah. Uh, I, we're, we're, getting, we're getting close to an hour. And we're not. And it's going to take a while to do this dungeon. So we're going to stop now. In the next part, we'll actually do the dungeon. We'll explore the tombs. Reunite the wand. Show it to the guild master. And pick meet back up with with the bard and hopefully maybe solve the curse or at least bring him to terms with it or something nice and then we can show off this wonder dragon fire as well but that will be for next time until then here i am still stuck in the tomb and farewell fellow adventurers when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.